Now for Raising the Bar, Greater RVA's premier law talk radio show. Call into the show with your stories and questions at 804-454-1366. Raising the Bar Legal Talk Radio Show is produced by the law firm of Locke & Quinn and brings an exciting and varied array of legal topics to listeners throughout Central Virginia and especially in the greater Richmond area. Once per week, the one-hour interactive show features true life stories and cases, legal tips, practical and reliable advice, and information from experts and specialists. The show also includes not only just a variety of lawyers, but doctors, social workers, mental health professionals, executive directors, life care planners, paralegals, and other professionals. The law touches nearly every aspect of daily life, and this show brings both humorous and entertaining stories along with the helpful tips, including tips on access to justice and legal services, something that not everyone can afford. The show features a wide array of various areas of the law, including today's topic, which is injured workers' law. Today on the show, we have Michelle Luane, the owner and director of Injured Workers Law Firm here in Richmond, Virginia. Michelle is an experienced workers' compensation attorney who has been practicing workers' compensation law in the greater Richmond area since 1989. Michelle will be talking about workers' compensation injuries, what is covered, and what is not. Remember, if you have any questions during the show, please call into the show at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Let's get started, Michelle. I'm um, excited to be able to be the one to give you uh, all the questions that we've been getting all over the state, and uh, I'd like to get started. Let's, let's, uh, we got plenty of time, and uh, like, the call-in number is 804-454-1366. You folks out there, if you want to call in, just chime right in because we I know you have a lot of questions. Workers' comp is a very technical area, and we're going to get started with some questions we already have uh, to get answered. But first of all, Michelle, um, let's talk about yourself. Um, how did you start Injured Workers Law Firm? Well, I started practicing law in 1989, and I was a law clerk at the Court of Appeals, and I learned workers' comp at that time. And um, and so I always did workers' comp. I did other work as well. And then um, in 2007, I started exclusively doing uh, just workers' compensation law. So, so when you say workers' compensation, so you represent the injured worker uh, – and uh, that must have a lot of different types of uh, clients. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about the type of work that you've, you actually have done and what type of injuries you've ran into? Well, through the thousands. So that's a hard question to answer. But um, it basically um, all kinds of workers. Yeah. I mean, uh you know, bur- burns, um, people, roofers falling off roofs, uh, just lifting injuries, back injuries, nurses, lifting patients, um, just... It's a just vast array. Vast array. Well, I guess what I should have started out saying is 
you help a lot of different types of injured workers. Uh, you've heard, of, I'm sure, of all of them. Uh, but where in Virginia do you help injured workers? I, that's that's probably an important thing. You know, we're right here in the, in the Richmond area, but do you cover other areas of the state? Uh, yes, my uh, my office is in Virginia, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, but we handle uh, uh, work injuries throughout the state of Virginia. From the beach to Fairfax to, to all the way to down to Bristol, Virginia. <laughs> yes. So, um, so you, workers' comp. Um, how do you how do you figure out what is covered by a workers' comp compensation and what is not? Well, um, in Virginia and in all states, the workers' comp laws are created by the state legislature. So every July 1, the laws can change and actually do change. So you, it's based on that. And then the commission creates laws interpreting those rules that the state creates. So every state has different laws and different um, uh, connotations to those laws and different exceptions to those laws based on what the commission does. So um, it is very, it can get very complicated and very um, convoluted because you can potentially have two commissioners have two different conflicting opinions about similar, uh, similar facts. So, um, the most, I guess, the most important thing is that in Virginia, it has to be an immediate, specific accident. Uh, most injuries in, that are happen at work, or not most, I'd say a significant amount of injuries that happen at work are not covered under workers' comp um, because of all the rules and exceptions that have been created. So repetitive injuries except for carpal tunnel syndrome, are not covered under workers' comp. If you don't know why you slipped and fell, it's not covered under workers' comp. If you um, uh, um, uh, if you can't identify a specific immediate event that caused the accident, it will not be covered under workers' comp. So On the flip on I'm the sorry. Go ahead. On the flip side, um, if you've had prior back problems, that doesn't matter. If you, um, uh, you know, if you felt a gri- if you have an accident and then the pain just gets worse and worse and worse, that doesn't matter. So there are some positive um, ways to get covered as well. Well. And I guess that's what we'd like to help with some of the callers or people that are listening right now uh, is, you know, what's the first thing they should do if they do get hurt on the job? The first thing is to immediately notify their employer. One of the rules in workers' comp is you only have 30 days to notify your employer. Many employers also have internal policies that they want to give. You have to give within, notice within 24 hours. The if you don't give notice, they will probably deny the claim, but you would probably eventually win if you do give notice within 30 days. The The key to that is many times people might have, um, don't think they got hurt that bad, but you still want to give 
notice of the accident, whether you have severe injuries or not, and then that way you'd be covered. And then the next thing you would be wanting to do is get, you know, seek medical care so that you can have the proper medical documentation. One of these questions that comes up, so you say, let your employer know right away. And then what if you're not sure you're injured? I mean, let's say, for example, you know, I've been uh, digging holes at a, at a construction site all day long, and then I gradually start feeling pain in my back. Should I go seek um, help, go to a doctor? Of course, tell my employer, but should I do something right away about it? Well, that would not ever be covered under workers' comp. Oh, okay. Because, like I said before, it was gradually gradual. Now, if you lifted a box and you felt a pop in your back and you thought it was a minor strain and it would work out, you would want to tell your employer that you lifted the box, and then if it, the pain got worse and worse, you, you would want to seek medical care. Find out what the problem was. Correct. What, what happened. I, that makes sense to me. You know, uh, one of the other questions that comes up uh, that people are concerned that if they, you know, have to make a claim with their employer, they're afraid they might get fired if they get hurt uh, and make a claim. Can you can – you, Give them some uh, advice about that. That happens. Um, that is a big concern that ha- that comes up a lot. Um, if you're going to be out of work for a significant period of time, unfortunately, your employer is probably going to let you go. Um, under the um, Family Medical Leave Act, you have 12 weeks of unpaid leave. Many employers let someone stay on light duty for a about a year. So it depends on the employer how long they will let you be out of work before they would let you go. However, there are laws that prohibit them um, to retaliate and fire you uh, for reporting a claim. I don't really see people getting fired or let go for reporting a claim. However, I have seen people let go um once they're injured and then they do return back to work, their employer um, kind of, there really is no more loyalty with em- employees and employers. And I do see employers um, doing that. When an employer has been released to full duty, they'll say, we don't need you any anymore. Um, but um, – that's not really so much filing the claim as actually you're physically injured and you can't physically do the job right. anymore. And so seek medical help and don't worry about that because that Correct. usually that uh, you've seen has not happened that people get fired just because they make a you know need medical help. Uh, with that said, um, what if uh, a claim after you do the workers' comp? process and if you'd go over the process after you go see the doctor uh, you file file a claims for benefits uh, yes what is that process from there yes so the the first thing you need to do is to get your benefits protected and the insurance carrier making voluntary payments is not protecting your benefits and there is a two-year statute of limitations that you must file with the Virginia Workers' Compensation Commission, which is the state agency that that oversees all workers' comp claims, you must file 
a claim for benefits within two years. And now on the claim for benefits, you obviously have your name and your employer information, but you list all the body parts. You list the specific accident of how the injury occurred. And you then list what what benefits you want, like lifetime medical benefits, uh, lost wages, payment of certain medical bills. So when you file your claim for benefits, what that will generate, the commission will look at that, give the insurance carrier 20 days to legally accept or deny your claim. And then if they accept the claim, you would be... um, an award order would be entered. And that's the most important thing because once you have an award order, your rights are protected. That's when, again, if they ha- if there's a late check, you get late payment penalties. If they're voluntarily paying you a weekly check, you don't get it. They can stop tomorrow and there's no consequences. If um, you get lifetime medical benefits for the body parts that were listed on the award order, so if you have a low back injury and that's on the award order, then as long as the doctor says it's reasonable and necessary treatment, you will be able to get treatment for your back for your life. So the award order is the most important thing. And the first step in getting that award order is filing what's called a claim for benefits. How can, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to mention right now. Uh, callers, uh, the phone number here is 804 454 1366, please, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, you, there's a lot to workers' comp, it sounds like it. Um, it's confusing, I'm sure, to a lot of people, just everyday people, trying to make a living and get hurt on the job, and you've explained how we should do it. Uh, I understand you have a, a book that you wrote, and uh, it's actually in its fifth revision. Can you tell us a little bit about why you wrote that and how helpful it is? And- e- who yes. should get it? Yes. So I wrote a book called The Ultimate Guide to um, Workers' Compensation in Virginia because there are no, and there still are no other books like it, um, there are no books that talk to everyday people who get hurt at work. The insurance adjuster has a lawyer. The insurance adjuster deals with workers' compensation every single day. The injured worker if this is especially if this is the first accident, it's clueless as to what they're supposed to do. So in the book, it explains everything that I just told you, all the benefits, and um, it uh, and we give it give it to anybody who asks. So you can request this book um, online at injuredworkerslawfirm.com, and we will just mail it to you. So we have sent out thousands of these books so that the in, individual who gets hurt on the job, who's, you know, in the middle of a, of a financial crisis, a medical crisis, can at least have some knowledge when they're talking to that insurance adjuster. So it's written for the injured worker. Correct. It's written in layman terms, I guess that's the best Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so every, anyone... Who can read should yes. be able to get the book. And I've also written a second book um, because I've I I realized that nurses um, have a little bit harder uh, situations um, in a couple of ways. One, they have lifting restrictions of no lifting over fifty pounds, and they're dealing with patient care, so they they have a, a few unique needs. So I've I've modified that book 
to deal with a lot of the nurses' needs as well. So that book can also be ordered online. Great. And I understand. I was looking at it earlier. It's got, you know, questions and answers and tricks that the adjuster and other people from the other right. side, I guess the other uh, side. Right. And ha- again, like you can also go online to our website to get a copy of the claim for benefit form that I'm talking about. But even in the book, it talks about that. It talks about other other documentation that you need for getting your mileage, for getting cost of living increases, for uh, looking for jobs. I mean, all, all these different rules that people need to do. Um, there is a caller on the line, um, Mike from Hopewell, and um, Go ahead, Mike. He has some questions, so I'll be happy to help. Sure. Uh, my question is: Suppose you, you you have an injury, ruptured disc, and and during the process, you're out of work for six months, but you receive prayer and receive a supernatural healing. Have medical evidence that that disc and that injury is no longer there. Uh, would you? Would you receive any benefit for the time that you were out of work? You know, and and you could, you know, you're able and capable of going back because you're completely healed. Yes. So basically, what happens with workers' comp? There's no money for pain and suffering. So you, it's an insurance claim. So what you do is you get uh, a portion of your wages, two thirds of your lost wages. And medical care, let's say, for those six months. So, like, let's say you're out of, if the doctor says you're totally out of work for six months. So, you would be Uh getting a weekly check, two-thirds of your average weekly wage, okay, for those six months. And then let's just say you're 100% healed, you know, at the end of the six months, then then you th- that would be the end of your benefit. So you you would not need any future medical care. You would not need any future lost wages. So what you would have is is um, now, if they had denied the claim, then and you'd be pursuing it through a hearing, you'd be calling. You know, you'd be if you go to a hearing and you win, you, they would give you those those back six months of pay. But what happens is you usually get it at that time. So if the doctor says you're out of work today, you'd be getting a weekly check for this particular week. So it would be it's not usually cases do settle, but that's for the the value of future expenses. So in your scenario, the value of your settlement would be zero because you would have already gotten all the benefits. You'd have been gotten the weekly check and and so forth. Mike, what what type of doctor did you go to? Um it it was a a back specialist and uh an orthopedist and uh and it, it really was a, a miraculous thing. The the claim was denied, but it did go to settlement, and uh, and it was just an opportunity to tell people of of what faith in God did. Sure so, did. All right. Well, thank you so well, much. Yeah. Uh, call our office, and we'll <laughs> make sure we get you a free book. All right. All right. Good well, talking to you, Mike. You too. Have a great day. You too. All right, that's a that was a good question, especially uh, it's after the fact that gentleman's now doing well. That's fantastic. Uh, what is it? Uh, I'm going to go right to another question here because we have a few minutes before break. Uh, what is the cost to hire a workers' compensation lawyer? Uh, there is no actual 
Well, it's a complicated question, which unfortunately, um, the commission, the Workers' Comp Commission is oversees everything, like I said earlier. And one of the things they oversee is attorney fees. So if you settle, the standard attorney fee is 20% of whatever the settlement is. So it wouldn't cost you anything up front. The other ways attorneys get paid, the commission awards attorney fees. But if you... Um, it would be like if you were going to a hearing. The commission might award, let's say, a $1,000 attorney fee. But what would happen is it would come out of your weekly check. So what would happen is they would either deduct $25 a week or $100 a week out of your check for that to be paid. So, But basically that's not happening unless you win. So um, in in um, in uh, Mike's uh scenario where he the case was denied and he hadn't gotten any benefits paid if they hadn't settled he and he had gone to um a hearing and won then the attorney would have gotten a portion probably 20 percent of his back benefits okay and then so it would have been if they win and if they lost um some attorneys charge fees but if i lose i don't normally charge charge a fee and uh the question, I guess, after a certain period of time, when should somebody call the injured workers' law firm, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, does, a, does a law firm answer questions, send out the free book? Can, oh, yes, What yes. makes us a little, little different? I'm the injured workers law firm, I should say. Well, we like the book mainly, but what we do is we help all inter, injured workers, okay? So if they have a question... We'd send them the book. If they have follow-up questions, we try, try to help. We would then evaluate their situation to decide, do they need a lawyer? Do they need to hold out? Um, and so forth. But in general, I would say if your claim is denied, you need a lawyer. The other side's going to have a lawyer. So if your claim is denied, you need a lawyer. If, if you're not going to ever be returning to work, you need a lawyer. If... If it's a situation where, let's say, back go back to Mike, if in Mike's case, if they did, had not denied his case and they just paid him for those six months, then, you know, and then he, you know, he was like miraculously healed, then there would be no reason to um, uh, hire a lawyer. Hire a lawyer. Okay, but what happens is you've got statute of limitations. You got to make sure all the legal documents are done. I can't tell you how many people have called me, and this this kills me when this happens. And I, it happens maybe once every other month that somebody is calling me, and they don't know why their checks have stopped. They don't know why their benefits are being denied, and it's because they've been paid voluntarily for two years, and. Uh, the statute of limitations has then run. Wow. And so it's, it's a terrible situation. Yes. And that happens often? Often. That's why I guess it's very important that they call the law firm and uh, get their advice. Well, folks, we're going to be taking a break right now. Uh, again, uh, we enjoyed starting off here. we got another 30 minutes. Uh, let's take this break. From here on, we'll look for your calls. You've been listening to Raising the Bar. 
Greater Richmond's premier law talk radio show. Call into the show with your stories and questions at 804-454-1366. Now, back to Raising the Bar. Call into the show with your stories and questions at 804-454-1366. Welcome back, everybody. We have in the studio today Michelle LeWain from the Injured Workers Law Firm. And we've got a lot to do in the last 30, sec- 30 minutes uh, and uh, want to get to your calls. We do have a caller on here. Uh, I want to remind you the phone number is 804-454-1366. Uh, Jacob from Richmond, uh, what's your question for uh, Michelle? Um, hi. Um, my doctor has me out of work uh, from a work injury. Do, do I get lost wages for this? Um, and if so, how much? Uh, yes. So you get um, two-thirds of your average weekly wage. And how you calculate your average weekly wage, it's the 12, 12 months prior to the accident what you were making, okay? So some weeks you might have worked less, some weeks you might have worked more. Also, you might have had some bonuses and overtime, and all that gets included into your average weekly wage. And so then you would get two-thirds of that, and that's tax-free. So what you would first need to do if the doctor has taken you out of work is give that to your employer and get that to that insurance adjuster so that she can uh, start getting you lost wages. And then on your claim for benefits that I was previously talking about, you would want to make sure that you uh, ask for that to be put under your award order that um, you are out of out of work. Um and so if the and the key, the key really is does the doctor have you out of work completely because that's what I'm talking about or does the doctor have you on light duty? So if the doctor's or what what, what is it? Well, um he has said I can't go back to my pre-injury job. Is is there a difference? Yes. So that means that you can do other work. So you first have to call your employer and ask them, do they have any jobs that you could do? Okay, not your not your uh, uh, prior job, but your you know what you can do now. If they say no, then if you are not under an award order, you have an obligation to look for work. Okay, so you you can't just set set it basically sit at home and get a workers' comp check. The law requires you to look for work. I recommend people to look for 10 jobs um, a, uh, a, a week. Um, and what you need to do is you need to document it. You need to document who you called, uh, what type of job you look for, um, and then when you, you know, like, did you call back? Um, I tell people to go on monster.com, careerbuilders.com, and start applying for any, any jobs at all. Um, Again, the injured worker has the burden of proof. So if you don't do that, um, six months down the road, um, they could say, uh, well, w- did you look for work? And you say no. Um, even if they have voluntarily paid you, they will get a credit for those, let's say, six months that they paid you because you did not look for, look for that work. 
So that's that's very important for you to start documenting that. Um, the forms are, um, if you need the forms, they're on, on my website at injuredworkerslawfirm.com. So that you would just, um, what I tell people is to fax them to the, well, if they're our client, we, they fax them to our office. But you would just fax them to the adjuster each week um, so that you know that you'll get a check that week. Did that help, Jacob? Yes, it does. I appreciate it. Oh, great. Well, listen, um, glad you called in and uh, you have a happy holiday. Great. Thank you. You too. All right. Well, that there, there's a write-in question that I, I don't know if you answered this, Michelle, but this person asked, I was out of work for two weeks and the insurance company only paid me for one week. Can they do that? Um, actually, that's that's the law. Um, the law is that you, you, the first week you do not get paid. Okay, so I tell people sometimes you can use your vacation or PTO time. Uh, The second week, you get paid the average weekly wage. But if you are out a third week, they will pay you for that first week. So if you're out for three or 21 days, three or more weeks, you will get paid the full time. But if you're only out one day, two days or one week, you get paid nothing. If you're out two weeks, you get paid for one week. And then if you're out three weeks, you get paid for three weeks. Okay. And when they start getting the checks, is there a certain rule of thumb that they can expect their check at certain times? Or is it like a, a typical paycheck? No. If, it's a, if they're voluntarily paying, they're going to be all across the board. Mm. You'll get it on a Monday. Then you'll get it on a Wednesday. Then you won't get it for three weeks. Mm. Okay, it's it's horrible. Now, once you get them under an award order, they get penalized, and you and the the injured worker would get an extra twenty percent on the ch- on their weekly check if they're more than fourteen days late. So that incentivizes them because insurance adjusters get in trouble for that because that's that, that's un, un, unnecessarily having to pay you know being charged something. So that keeps them paying. Sometimes it is regular. They have a lot of insurance companies have you on what they call auto pay, and they have the computer just automatically sending the check. So when people are seriously injured and they're going to be out of work for a while, the problem with that also is they also just have this arbitrary stop date, um, so that insurance adjusters can look at the file, see if they can you know get the client back to work, that type of thing, and so all of a sudden. You don't get a check this week, and we don't know why. And then we're calling, and they go, "Oh, you were taken off the automatic, you know, automatic pay system." And and and, and it's two thirds of your regular pay. You must have to do some budgeting when you're hurt. Yes, the way I describe workers' comp um, is that it's almost like um, uh, workers' comp just gets you above air a little bit, like drowning. It's not like um, you're making out like a bandit because you're only going to get two-thirds of what you were making. And um, plus you're dealing with all the medical issues that, you know, and, and um, it it really, you know, it stops it's career paths. You know, it's a burden, yes. you got to be ready to do that. I, I see we got a call in from Mark in Richmond. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Hi. Happy holidays. Uh, thank you. You too. Um, I was working for a small company. I was actually 
the only employee. The boss sometimes worked in what I did. But I worked for him about eight years, and I was considered a, a uh, subcontractor, although everything I did was dictated as to when I did it, how I did it, when lunch was, et cetera. I was injured on the job. But because I was considered a non-employee, I had to take care of it myself. And I don't know if there's a legal... Uh, I'm sure it's a common problem where people are considered non-employees, although every aspect is of an employee. Can you speak to that as to... Yes. If there's anything illegal about that, or do I have any Recon. anything to fall back on? Yes. So, so basically... Um, uh, employee, two questions. It's really one is um, who is required to carry workers' comp, and and the employee, uh, excuse me, the employer has to have three or more um, employees, regularly employed employees, before they are required to have workers' comp. Now, okay, if they don't, that. okay, so if they yeah. don't have workers' comp, okay, then um, you could actually sue them for negligence if it's an injury due to some form of negligence on the employer's part. Mm-hmm. Not a, not if it's your fault or no fault or, a, you know, like a, a, you know, but if it's something they, they did, you know, you know, let's just say have a, a unsafe work environment, then you would well, be able to sue basically them. Basically what happened is that I was expected to uh, move a very large object by myself and it was just really impossible. Right. There was no help to do this, but I had, you know, time limit deadlines. So when I went to move it, something snapped in my shoulder and it's mm. been that way for eight years. But, and I realized I've probably gone past the statute of limitations yes. on this issue. But, 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 but I've always been curious if, if there's any laws regarding saying, well, you're not an employee. Yes, there are. And, and under workers comp, it doesn't matter what your label is. So under workers' yeah. comp, oh, okay. it would it wouldn't have mattered. You were if it's who is directing what you do, like like you said right. earlier. It's like he was telling you what to do. He was telling you when to do it. He was telling you almost how to do it. Then you were oh, an yeah. employee. Okay, so he got away with, um, the, you know, the whole IRS tax issues again. That's why people do it. They want to say Which you're is, right. That's the yeah. whole purpose of it. But I think the IRS told me basically I could have quit. Yes, that's true too. But and for so is my problem, right? That might be true for for that law, but under workers' comp, it if you uh-huh. it would be clearly it would not ma- not matter. You're clearly covered under under workers' comp. The okay, question for you would be sole employee. Yes, and that whole workers' comp thing doesn't doesn't fly, right? Exactly. Okay. So now, if he was a subcontractor, like if he was a subcontractor of of a subcontractor, you can go up the chain, though. No, there was there was no chain. Okay, it's a, it's a small company. All right, well, so talk one up to a life experience. Yeah. Yep. So okay, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, Bye. Thanks for calling care. in. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Again, our f- call in number is eight zero four four five four one three six six. Got another write in call uh, question here. Um, how long? Do you receive workers' compensation benefits? I think you hit on it, but that's the how long do you receive it? You can receive um, you well lifetime really uh, for everything on, Depends on the injury, right? So uh, you get lifetime medical benefits, 
And that is a really going to be a key of as long as the doctor says so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as long as the doctor says it's related, as long as the doctor says um, you uh, it's um, uh, reasonable, necessary treatment. The key is never to have gaps in treatment. Do not wait two years and then go back to the doctor because the doctor will say, how do I know you didn't slip and fall at home? Okay. The other benefit is, is your wages. Okay, you get that up to 500 weeks in most cases, which is nine and a half years. So um, that's how you could go. However, there is also um, something called permanent total benefits, which is uh, where you would get a weekly check for your lifetime. Those are for uh, more severe injuries where you have loss of use of two body parts. So I usually think of paraplegics or or things like that. Also, brain injuries, you can get it for... um, lifetime okay so it goes past the 500 weeks okay well and the other good question after that if you're getting lifetime benefits uh is uh workers compensation benefits taxable no okay so the weekly check is tax free and then and then um and and you get you can get workers comp uh you also can get um a benefit called permanent partial disability and what that benefit is is let's say let's say uh, like the caller who just called, um, you know, had a shoulder injury. So the doctor says he's got a ten percent loss of his shoulder. You can get weekly benefits for that as well, not just for lost wages. Okay. We we kind of hit on this before. Uh, you know, does does the employer? Are, when they, they get a claim against them, uh, does that – a lot of people are worried that they're going to uh, retaliate against them, get fired. We talked about that. But um, is, is there a situation where um, the, the employer does get their um, premiums raised? Yes. So, so it's really – what we're talking about, we're not suing your employer. What you're doing is you're filing an insurance claim it's against like the workers' comp. Yes, like a, like if you were in a car wreck and you filed a you know insurance claim with you know with the auto insurance company. So the the who's paying your weekly check and who's paying those medical bills is the insurance company. Uh, okay. So um, um, the insurance company. Um, so so your employers. Insurance rates may go up depending on the type of insurance they have, just like if you have a, an auto accident and it's your fault. Um, and, um, and also uh, a lot of uh, companies uh, are more concerned not so much with the medical bills but more concerned about lost wage claims. Um, so, but um, it, filing a claim does not necessarily mean their rates are going right. to go up. And it's your right. You should do it. I mean, if you get hurt on the job, like we've talked about, you've made made it a very important point at the beginning. Right. Of the, but the of insurance, the, the employer, it's the employer has been paying for these benefits for years and years and years. So it's kind of like, it, you know, for for this very reason, if there's if there is an injury at work. Okay. We. Uh, Again, uh, the call-in number is 804-454-1366. I've got uh, another question here. Um, uh, 
if I'm injured on the job, can I pick my own doctors or does the employer pick them for me? How does that work? The uh, insurance company picks the doctors. Oh, okay. So the, so the employer is out of it. Of it. Okay. The employer has nothing. It's amazing. Um, that's that's a Confusion. question that's asked a lot. But it, the, your employer sometimes, if you're out on workers' comp, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what medical care you're getting. They don't know if you're getting a weekly check. They don't know anything because the insurance company is handling it all. You'll have an insurance adjuster who'll be paying the weekly check. So, but back to your question yes. is what the law requires is for the insurance uh, adjuster to uh, give you three doctors to pick like from. A panel. Uh, and it's called a panel. And you pick one of those three doctors. And then you're stuck with that workers' comp treating physician. So you need to be careful to pick pick wisely. Okay. So there is um, someone on the phone. Um, Sarah, how can I help you? Hi. Um, how long do you have to file a claim for workers' comp? You have two years from the date of injury. So, okay. Um, does that help you? Yes, thank oh, you. All right. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks for calling in. Um, okay, let's get to another question before we run out of time here. Uh, this has been wonderful. This has been helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of people. How do you get uh, medical bills paid if you're injured on a job? Um, employee refuses to pay, and how do you get paid for t time out of work if you're injured on a job? Well, I'll answer the first question okay, first about the medical bills. <laughs> um, one, the employer has, again, nothing to do with it. Okay. So um, you submit the medical bills to the insurance carrier. But the reality is 99% of the time you won't ever see a bill because the doctor's office bills and, pay, and uh, gives the 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 bill to the insurance adjuster, and you never even see the bill because it goes directly to them. It's actually illegal for a doctor's office to bill the injured worker. So um, you would want to talk to a lawyer about that, how to get that to stop, because they are supposed to bill the insurance carrier, and, um, and if the insurance carrier isn't paying correctly because they have been on their panel and they are, they, they chose to take this workers' comp case, then they can't, uh, what they, you call back bill or, or, or try to get more money out, out of, from the injured worker. Okay, gotcha. And then you had a second question well, that I can't was, remember. You kind of answered it. What if the employer refuses to pay? And it's not the employer, it's the insurance company. I guess that happens often. No, the employer has nothing no, to I do with it. No, I mean the insurance company. Well, they deny. Well, what what happens is they will. It happens often that they deny pre-approval of, let's say, an MRI, or they'll deny pre-approval of, of a. I don't know, different different treatment plans. And so then it's an issue of trying to get the doctor to say the right legal terms to require the insurance company to to approve that medical care and medical treatment. That happens constantly. I guess that's why if callers or people out there should, should call the law firm, get answers. And I understand uh, the injured workers law firm uh, has a, a theme or their, their monster, their mantra, I guess the word for it is, they're advocates for injured workers yes. across Virginia. Yes. So, you know. Yeah, we, we strongly believe a rising tide um, raises all boats. Good deal. The, um, 
what um, what I found out several years ago, and this is one of the main reasons I wrote the book, was that um, only a third third of orthopedic doctors have keep track of of their workers' comp clients, and only a third of those injured workers the workers' comp commission even knew about. Okay. Oh my God. So two thirds of people seeing orthopedics. So we're not even talking like like a family doctor worth a small injury. We're talking serious injuries. The commission knew nothing about, and the, and 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 that's why I get these calls with people losing their benefits because they never were under an award order. They never filed a claim for benefits because again, nobody's advising them or telling them they need to do these things because the insurance adjuster has no no obligation to tell the um, injured worker what what they need need to do so um so again that's that's why we we strongly believe in in helping everyone and we touched on a ward order can you define that for the folks um an award order is a legal order document that comes from the virginia workers comp commission they've already filed the claims for benefits or getting treatment well, if they filed a claim, then this would be the next. Th- this would be generated by the commission. Um, if they don't know if they have a claim, I mean, if they have an award order, um, if they're tech savvy, they can basically just go on to WebFile, which is the Workers' Comp Commission's online um, database, and with their own personal PIN number, they can go on and see and, and look for the term award order, see if they have one or not. If they don't, then they could um, actually call my office, call the commission and find out what need, or even call their adjuster and find out what needs to occur to get under an award order. What hasn't happened, whether it's usually it's they haven't filed a claim for benefits, but sometimes there could be, you know, something that that um, the you know, something else is, you know, some paperwork has just been lost in the chain. I guess you um, tell your um injured workers, your clients, that it's important to keep really good track of their medical records, I would imagine, and keep like a, a log uh, as they go with treatment and everything. Yes. Because the they're most, part of the The most process. important thing, not, not so much a log of the medical treatment, is the most important thing is their out-of-work notes. Because if they don't have an out-of-work note, they're not going to get a weekly check that week. Okay, so I just talked to someone just two days ago. Same thing is that um, her doctor did not give her an out-of-work note. She didn't know to ask for an out-of-work note, and she was out of work for two weeks and used up all her PTO time. I mean, excuse me, two months and used up all her PTO time. She goes to the doctor, and he goes, yeah, you shouldn't be driving. You shouldn't be doing this, this, and this, and you wouldn't be able to work during those two months. Okay, but that's— you don't get paid for that because that's called a retroactive. The doctor can't backdate an out-of-work note. So the most important thing is to get an out-of-work note um, at every single doctor's appointment. Okay. okay. So that's that's the most important uh, tracking. I would also um, strongly advise, if, again, if you're talking about tracking, is emailing your adjuster so you have – documented proof of what she's told you or not told you because um uh, again i had a uh, a situation where um t- back back to the light duty light duty uh 
conversation about like you have to look for work. So I had a nurse and um, the insurance adjuster told her, oh, you don't have to look for work. So she didn't look for work. Why would they say that? Because they say many things that you just, you don't know. Luckily, it was in an email. So they, again, six months later, they cut her weekly check off. Again, she wasn't under an award order because she hadn't hired me yet. They cut her weekly check off. So she comes to me for that. I go, why haven't you been looking for work? She said, well, she told me I didn't have to. The the lawyer, so send me the emails. She Luckily, she saved them and that protected her. So um, then when the attorney called me, they go, well, where's her job search? I said, look at this. Y'all waived that because y'all told her not to look for work. But I, I rarely, rarely, you know, so many things happen by phone that um, there's no way to prove that. So if that had happened by just by phone, because it did was phone and then she followed up with an email. If that had happened just by phone, um, we wouldn't have been able to prove it. And she would have been without, you know, the income for six months. That would be a bad situation. I'm sure that yes. happens often. Well, is there something else you want to add? Um, uh, I guess the big thing, your law firm, I mean, there's a lot of workers' comp lawyers and good lawyers out there. What makes uh, the injured workers' law firm a little different maybe from the everyday law firm? Uh, I right. mean, is the intake process different uh, when the call comes in? Um uh, it, you know, if I, if I just have a question, you'll get it answered is what I guess I'm getting at. Yes, I would say, right, because, I mean, I, I don't know what other law firms do for their intakes, but um, we offer the book, which gives a wealth of inf- information. Um, uh, so that's that's what I would I would uh, so if, uh, say. One real quick question. If I can't return to work and my injury is so bad, what happens? Well, that quickly. might be we, quickly. We don't have much time. Um, we'll have to come back. Um, settlement is your option. So uh, what, what happens is you can either keep on getting your weekly check for the 500 weeks or you can attempt to settle the case. Okay. Um, uh, usually people are sick of workers' comp, want to be done with workers' comp, and so settlement is usually the best option so then they can manage their own care. Well, if you have more questions to, for the Injured Workers Law Firm and Michelle, it's been great talking to you. Call their office at 804-755-7755. This has been wonderful. I uh, hope this has been helpful. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>